Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Psalm, I'm going to read from Psalm 73, um, verse 1 to 28. And I, the, the, the topic I'm kind of talking about today is what about when God doesn't answer prayer? <laughs> Have you, you prayed for something, God hasn't answered it? And you're like, God, what's going on? Why aren't you answering my prayer? Am I doing it wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Am I a sinner? Is there something wrong with me? Am I not, you know, standing on my head? And do I have to, do I have to pray in a certain area? Do I have to go into a desert like Jesus? You know, I better go up to Rajasthan and pray up there. What, what do I need? What do I need to do in order to have this prayer answered? Ever felt that way? Here's, here's David, King David, and um, he, he's talking about prayer, right? And uh, his relationship with God. And one of his concerns was, hey, how come, how come, you know, those people who never talk to God are blessed? Ever ask that? No, they don't have any relationship with God yet. What's going on with them? How come I'm over here struggling and they're over there like lapping up the luxury, baby? Like what is going on? <laughs> Ever felt that? It's funny because it's like, yeah, I find, I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> I'm just going to read this to you. Psalm 73. Surely God is good to Israel. Now when we say Israel now in this modern day, I'm not just talking about Israel. I mean, I am. I mean, Israel is a great place. Um, and it is, you know, that was God's first portion, that was God's first bless. But Israel now has expanded beyond that nation to the church. Israel is the church. So whenever you see Israel in the Old Testament, you can think, you can place that blessing that was over that nation on us as the church. Okay? All right? So, so that's why it's relevant to us. So surely God is good to Israel, or we could read that as now, in the light of what's happened with Christ. Surely God is good to the church, to those who are pure in heart, Okay, but as for me, David gets real honest. That's what I love about the Psalms. My feet had almost slipped. Okay, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For, well, let's be honest, I envied those arrogant people when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. How dare they? They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They've got six-packs and personal <laughs> trainers and they can afford to buy avocados every day. <laughs> avocados are so expensive. <laughs> I'm like, God, please provide so I can buy an avocado for crying out loud. <laughs> they are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, their pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten, oppress they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of earth. Wow. Ever felt this way? Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. 
always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. Okay, who knows David was a bit of a depressing character. Okay, he wasn't Mr. Happy all the time. He was, he was kind of a little bit uh, either end of the scale, right? He was either really happy or really sad, okay? Um, this is David. This, this is, see, this represents us in our private lives. You know, this, is, this isn't our Instagram feed that's all happy and nice, right, where we take all the good photos. I always think it's funny with, with my kids. Like, I take a photo of my children being so cute and like minutes or seconds later, they're both screaming, you know, or something crazy's happened, right? And it's like, if I don't show that on my Instagram feed, that's, that's not everyone who's seen that because I've got it all together, right? This is, this, is, this is not David's Instagram feed. This is David and God. This is David wrestling it out with God. This is the real human side of us right here. That's why it's there, right? And, and you've got to understand something about the, the Psalms is they are prayers. This is God, this is David's journal to the Lord. He's writing this, he's struggling through this. He's, he's trying to work out what is going on with this. How come these people over there are doing well and I'm struggling? And, and he begins to question himself about it. He says this, like I said, Surely in vain I've kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. All day long I've been afflicted. And then let's go down to 15. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all of this, it troubled me deeply. Anybody been troubled deeply about this matter? Me too, okay? Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their destiny. Now, there's something interesting there. See, we're talking about prayer. We're talking about prayer, the importance of prayer. I want to encourage you something. It's until we have a relationship with God through prayer and the Word that it's not until then that we'll actually understand what is going on. You know, when we are trying to please God, we're trying to do the right thing, when we're trying to, to, to make it all happen in our own strength and it doesn't happen and we're not, we don't have that place of prayer with Jesus one-on-one, in the closet, just us. You know what begins to happen? We step into misunderstanding about what's happening into the world. And we step into a place where we get discouraged. Ever felt discouraged? Where we just get like... We just want to give up. We get resigned. We just want to... like, I don't get it, man. All this effort I'm doing. All these good things I'm doing. And yet still, I'm not getting a breakthrough. What is going on, God? But see, David goes... With that, to prayer. He did a lot of stuff wrong, King David. But one thing he did right was go to God in prayer. And it's something that we need to learn. We have to begin, if we're not already doing this, or if it's dropped behind, get back on it. So David goes up, till I entered, verse 17 of 
Psalm 73. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Surely you placed them on slippery ground. You cast them down into ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. <laughs> Have you ever been a brute beast before God? Oh, you just lost it. You ever had that moment? If you haven't, you're going to have it. I can guarantee it. There's going to be something that means so much to you and you want it so badly and it doesn't happen and you're going to be like this brute monster before God. And, you know, I remember one day, this is years ago when I was really young, I, I, I stood on a beach and I was like, God, why? And I actually said this because what I wanted wasn't happening. I said, I hate you, God. I said that. Those were the words I said. As I was saying, I'm like, what am I saying? <laughs> I'm like, what am I saying? Why am I saying that? But I felt that, right? Anybody felt that? Brute beast. When we don't, don't get what we want, it's like tough. But why does God allow it? Why does God do it, right? <laughs> we'll go into that. I'll answer that question. I was a brute beast Verse 23, yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards you take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? See, what begins to happen as David is going back to the sanctuary. He's beginning to think of eternity. He's beginning to think more than just his physical life right now and beyond that. And to what God has actually given him. Okay, um, And my flesh and my heart fail may fail. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you, but as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell all of your deeds. See, in the Psalms, what we see in prayer and if you're ever going through things, I would, if you don't already do this, I would encourage you, open up the book of Psalms and begin to read it. If you're, if you're feeling melancholic about a certain situation, you're going to find a kindred spirit in David. The good thing about David is he always goes back to Christ. It always comes back to the Lord. It always comes back to God. Where, and, and it's through his heart after God where he's praying through it. If we haven't established a place of prayer, we're never going to understand what God is up to. And it's going to, be, it's going to be more apparent when there are things and struggles and answers that you need or you think you need or you want that aren't coming. Right? That's when this will be for you. Just like David. My feet almost slipped. I'm just like, what is happening? How come they're blessed and I'm not? Now, if we don't begin to understand something about Jesus, the first place that we'll begin to go to when our prayers aren't answered will not be prayer, but where? Our first place that we will go to will be, what have I done wrong? Why isn't God answering, answering me? How, how, what do I need to change? Right? Who knows what I'm talking about? Who's felt that? You're like, this isn't changing because of me. 
So I need to change something, right? But what did David do? He went to the sanctuary. See, you've got to understand something about Jesus. Your blessing and your answers to your prayers are not going to be answered because of you and what you can do and how much you can pray. Because like, the thing is, in the Bible, there are short prayers that God answers and there's really long prayers that God answers. There's the other thing that we go, oh, maybe I'm not praying enough. Okay, maybe, maybe I need to pray like for three days straight. I need to, you know, maybe I need to, maybe I need to, oh, I haven't been praying enough. I need to be praying every day and blah, blah, blah. But then in the Bible, you see Jesus, he just prays like be healed. He just prayed be healed over people and they're healed. Like people with like critical diseases. Okay, he didn't have to do a massive prayer. He didn't have to do, you know, a thousand repetitive prayers over and over again. Like, I trust you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you. And positive confession and all of that. He didn't have to do any of that. He just believed. So with the first place, and, and when we go to that place, you have to remind yourself, God isn't going to bless you because of what you can do. God is just going to bless you because of who you believe in. But this will be a wrestle. This will be the point where you're like, I'm slipping. This will be the toughest thing in our lives. And the reason I'm talking about this in terms of prayer is because when there are things like this in our lives, I think, I, my own experience is, I try to pray and I try to do that right thing by praying, but my mind always goes to those things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, God, I got this issue going on over here and I just keep going to that. So we need to know what to do about that because, listen, sometimes God isn't going to give you what you want, but in the process, He's actually giving you what you need, okay? And I'm going to talk about that with Jacob in a moment. See, Jacob... I'm just going to, he had a problem. <laughs> Jacob was like, Jacob, when his brother was hungry, Esau, said, I'll make you some food, okay? Sure, I'll make you some food, but give me your birthright. You're the oldest. So I know you're hungry right now. And he tempted him with a nice curry, okay? He said, I'll, give, I'll cook you a curry, but give me your birthright as, as, the, uh, as the oldest son, and uh, give me your birthright for double honor, so I want your wealth. And his idiot brother is fooled, okay, into thinking, well, I'm just hungry, may as well give it up. So he gave up his birthright. And then um, later on, uh, Jacob, he, he swindles his father-in-law for a whole bunch of wealth, okay, through swapping out some sheep and this and that. This guy is the guy to read about if you want to learn how to be Machiavellian. He is Machiavelli, like, number one, numero uno. This guy knows how to do it. He was a smart guy. He knew how to get around people. But there was one thing that came back many, 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 many years later, was the fact that he had, he had ripped off his brother of his inheritance and his brother one day, after years of being separated, is coming back to meet with Jacob. 
Now, in that culture, the only reason someone would come back to meet their brother after so much brokenness and being ripped off and all of that sort of stuff would be for vengeance, right? So here's Jacob. He's actually gotten into a place where he's doing okay. He's actually gotten into a place where he's kind of comfortable, but his coming is his brother Esau, and he is worried. So here's, here's Jacob. Esau's coming. He's got a problem. That one problem. You got one problem? It's that one problem that you can't remove. You got that one problem? That one issue that you wish would go away, but it just doesn't? This is Esau. So what does Jacob do? Well, let's go to Jacob. um, Let's go to, sorry, excuse me, Genesis 32, verse 22. So that night, Jacob got up and took his... (laughs) Two wives. A lot of people have come to me and said, can I have multiple wives? Because like this, and it's like, well, no, no. We're in just a few books before this, God gave Adam one wife. Okay. These guys went and took it a little bit further. Um, it's by no means does it mean you can have two wives. Okay, guys? So it's, just, it's hard enough with one. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's a blessing, but <laughs> two wives, <laughs> how funny. <laughs> that night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, I want to be blessed like Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I receive it. <laughs> And crossed the ford of the Jabbok. Let's just forget about verse 22. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. Jacob was left alone. Here's a a moment. Esau's coming. He sent everyone off and he's alone. He's alone. This is... Reminiscent of a scripture in the Gospels where Jesus talks about when you pray, go to the closet, shut the door and pray in secret. Your most powerful times with the Lord will be you and God. You and God. And, and, and this is a, the most powerful time for Jacob, okay? So Jacob was left all alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. You ever tried to have a prayer time and you've actually just found out you're wrestling? You're just wrestling. You know, a lot of our prayer life is wrestling. Let's be honest. Wrestling with God. And we, we kind of feel bad for it. We kind of feel like we shouldn't be wrestling with God. We should, we should, shouldn't I be feeling like some sort of peace right now? We put on some Bethel and, you know, the instrumental and like, and, and it's like, oh, I'm not feeling it. I'm still feeling like God is not answering my prayers. You're right. You know what I'm talking about, right? Come on, let's be honest. And, and it's almost like I'm angry with God. I, I've got all these feelings because my prayers aren't answered. Okay. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. 
So Jacob's come to a place. God, want your blessing. And I'm not letting you go until I've got it. I want you to see something here. Jacob's wrestle went from a wrestle to a clinging. Jacob's wrestle with God went from a place of wrestling and wrestling and wrestling with God until such time as he couldn't wrestle anymore. <laughs> it's interesting. He couldn't wrestle anymore. Why couldn't he wrestle anymore? Why? Because God broke him. Why did God break him? I'll tell you why God broke him. God broke him because he was pointing out all of his, his efforts that had gotten him so far to that place. All his swindling, all his craftiness, all his smart speech, all of the things that he could do, all his negotiation skills, all of his stuff that he was able to do. When you're wrestling with God, one touch from him, he can break it all. There comes a point in our prayer lives that is necessary where you will realize God is God, He is bigger than you and your efforts and that He is going to do what He is going to do. And it's only in prayer that that makes any sense whatsoever. Outside of a prayer life with the Lord, where you are wrestling with Him, you'll you'll never get it. It'll be, you'll be like, David, why are they doing this? Why, what's going on? There is a wrestle with God. And let me tell you something, in prayer, God means it to be a wrestle. Why? Because He's going to bring you to a place. He may not touch your hip and break your leg like He broke Jacob's. It's a bit extreme if you ask me, but that's what Jacob needed, I guess. But He will do things with us where we will be broken. And that brokenness is that moment when we go... You're God, and I'm not. You know, our biggest wrestle with God is actually this. Our biggest wrestle with God will be, God, do my will. I'm praying, see? I'm praying. Do my will, God. Praying, praying. Can't you see? I'm praying. Do my will. (laughs) And God's saying, do my will follow me. Trust me. I've got your future. He'll begin to speak and it'll be the touching of the hip because there will be a laying down of all of you and all that you can do. And it's not like God doesn't want to bless you. See, from here it goes on. It's amazing. I will not let go unless you bless me, says Jacob. Then the man asks him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God. What brought about a blessing? Struggle. We think blessing is going to come through some other formulaic way. There is no formula for struggles. It's just a struggle. Unfortunately. You have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. I think it was this moment where Jacob realized this ain't any man, this is God. He's like, who are are you actually? 
who am I wrestling with here? Because you just broke my hip, and now you're saying my name is Israel. You're making reference to the chosen people. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. You know why Jacob wanted a blessing? In that culture, the blessed one was the one who was going to have the favor of God upon them. If you were blessed, even if your brother was coming for vengeance, he wouldn't be able to touch you because you had the blessing and they didn't. This is what this was all about. So he got the blessing, but not without a struggle. You understand? See, God, God's going to give you what you, you want. And through that struggle, maybe some of those desires might change. But before He gives you what you want, I'm telling you something. He's going to give you what you need. And that's going to be found in prayer. And prayer alone, you and God, struggling it out, wrestling it out. It's going to be hard. You'll try to do your devotions. You'll try to do all the right things. You've got the, the new app and it's going to be, I'm doing my Bible in the one year thing and all of that. And I'm doing it, I'm doing it, but this is hard. We think God's not there in the struggle. Let me tell you something. He's right there. That's where He actually is. He's there. We've just got to go to a place, and we will come to a place where God, no matter what, no matter what, I will not let you go. When we come to that place, I won't let you go. I won't let you go, God. I won't let you go. We'll begin to hear His voice. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.